Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Uh, it's time now for Market View. I'm Elliot Danker together with Chua Tian I've got a question for you, Tian Tian. Hmm. What do you call a party pooper? <sighs> I don't know. Jerome. All right, that's coming <laughs> okay. up in a while. For okay. now, a recap of how we started <laughs> okay. the day. <laughs> well, so Singapore shares dipped slightly in early trade today. Sorry, I wasn't expecting that earlier. <laughs> uh, well, Singapore shares dipped in early trade today, and that's no thanks to Jerome Powell uh, mm. announcing that 25 basis point rate increase uh, in early trade. The STI was down 0.1% to 3,257 points. Some 55 million securities traded in the broader market. Now, after the closing numbers, the STI ended up 0.22% in the green. Uh, we are looking at 3,269 points. In terms of value turnover, around 800 and 90 million sing dollars. Now, gainers outnumbered losers 290 versus 272. Top advances New Incorporation USD, Great Eastern and Pegasus Spec, and top decliners JMH USD, Jardin Psycho and Carriage, and Shangri La Hong Kong dollars. In terms of companies to watch, we do have Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust because the manager announced a distribution per unit of 3.52 Singapore cents for the first half of FY 2023, an 8.6% year-on-year decline, that is. And meanwhile, the Federal Reserve and Jerome Powell soured the mood on Wall Street in a previous session by raising rates and also weighing on investors' fears that U.S. officials may fail to reach a deal on raising the U.S. debt ceiling, which uh, may trigger a damaging default as early as in June. So, for more market moves and views, let's speak to Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. Terence, welcome to the show. Hey, Tian Hey, so Terence, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Well, today's uh, price action, I think, really never followed the playbook. You see what mm. happened in the U.S., right, was yeah, uh, yeah. they started to cheer a little bit, you know, in terms of when, when the Fed came out to speak, uh, when they hiked it uh, for 25 bips and they hinted that they would move to the sidelines after. Uh, but the party pooper, as what Elliot was saying, <laughs> uh, power didn't convince on the front end. The market started to get angsty again as the dust settled in the U.S., so at the end of the day, uh, over the, the most of the major uh, U.S. indices, you can see that was very much risk off. Uh, but over at STI, initially it did fall, uh, I think for the first you know, 15, 20 minutes uh, after the opening. So it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that, shortly after that, it started to rebound. Um, yep. And we ended up uh, just in positive territory, as you mentioned earlier on. Um, and, and that's despite, you know, harboring the fear, the market's harboring fear that, you know, there's going to be further hits to the U.S. regional banks and the whole debt ceiling issue uh, mm. coming into focus. Mm. Quite a bit to look at, uh, Terence. Uh, if you don't mind, I want to zoom in on some companies to watch. Uh, Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust. So they announced today a distribution per unit of 0.0352, so 3.52 Singapore cents for the first half of uh, the financial year 2023. That represents an 8.6% year-on-year decline. Now, they're saying this is due to foreign exchange weakness, the divestment of cross-street exchange and Singapore, among others. What are your thoughts on this, Terence? 
Well, first, on the forex exposure, uh, that's quite common with uh, a lot of the local companies. You know, we are mm. just all over the world, right? Mm. Singapore is just a tiny red dot. Um, and many of these bigger companies do have exposure overseas. And no thanks to the strong Sing dollar. Uh, you can see um, in in F- uh, Fraser's uh, logistics case, uh, the Sing dollar was very, very strong against the Aussie uh, since May last year. Mm-hmm. That, and it's been rising uh, from one sing to ninety seven cents Aussie to one dollar thirteen cents uh, level. So uh, that obviously uh, hit the the numbers once you convert back to Singapore. As for its divestment of uh, cross street exchange, it's all about capital recycling. That's very, very normal amongst the REITs. Uh, this is uh, an initiative that you know basically all REITs uh, should have given that they are you know asset heavy to begin with. So I remember when uh, Fraser's Logistics was giving its uh, first quarter business updates, uh, management said that the cap rate in prime Australia logistics industrial assets may expand, you know, up to five, uh, 4.75 to 5%, uh, and that's up maybe 50 to 100 bips. Uh, and more distressed opportunities may surface in the uh, next 6 to 12 months. So I, I think that uh, logistics trust Phases Logistics Trust uh, could be building up ammo to, to for for more acquisitions going ahead. Hmm. But the good news though is yeah. uh, that you know there is uh, the gearing for the company the REIT is is low at twenty eight percent, and uh, uh, the cost of borrowing is just below two percent. So so it does have um, some capacity to actually uh, make acquisitions. Right. So from uh, phrases, let's take a look at Lian Bing. And uh, I believe this uh, Lian Bing and the privatization thing has been going on for quite a while now. Uh, but the group's controlling Ong family has raised its privatization offer from 62 Singapore cents to 68 Singapore cents per share. How do investors feel about this, judging from the price movements today after the counter resumed trading? It shot right up to the 68 cent level. But uh, interestingly, I mean, when they first made that 62 cents offer, the market probably didn't trust it too much. And they actually overshot to 64, 65 cents. Um, and that's because uh, they feel that uh, probably the, the Ong family has been low-balling and that there's going to be a chance that they will actually mm-hmm. increase the, the offer. And uh, they called it bluff. They they did right. Uh, okay. So they moved, shifted it to sixty eight cents. And I do believe that there is going to be a few more uh, property related companies, or uh, companies that uh, have always harbored the the wish to actually privatize, to actually do it soon, because uh, there are going to be some changes with uh, with the compulsory uh, with with the the equi- with with the compulsory acquisitions by controlling shareholders, it's going to be a lot more difficult because um, MOF, uh, the Ministry of Finance, as well yep. as ACRA have already uh, indicated, you know, they have already passed the rules and it's, it's just going to go through Parliament. And after that, it will make it uh, a lot more difficult for many of these companies uh, to privatise. Mm, okay, mm. Uh, Terence. Let's uh, talk about my favorite guy, Jerome, uh, who, with the U.S. Federal Reserve, raised its benchmark overnight interest rates by twenty-five basis points, a range of between five to five point two five percent. Okay, the market was expecting this, Terence. What I think we didn't expect is the language coming out saying that they're anticipating further rate increases would be needed. Uh, how how do we read into this? Because we're almost at the halfway point of the year. Yeah, well, um, 
Paul said that he, you know, he does not expect a recession, you know, mm. unlike uh, some of his colleagues over at the Fed. And he made his clearest statement so far that he thinks, you know, a soft landing is actually possible. Yeah. And finds the labour market rebalancing to date uh, pretty encouraging, which is uh, a view that I share as well. I see this as a largely dovish meeting. Uh, power thinks that if, if power thinks that a recession is not necessary to solve the inflation prob- uh, problem, he will yeah, be okay. reluctant to deliver future hikes. Okay. And that being said, uh, we talked about future hikes, and on that note, let's talk about rate cuts as well. Uh, Jerome Powell said it may be too soon to cut rates. Demand and labour market conditions will need to weaken further, especially so in the non-housing services, before uh, they can deem a rate cut to be appropriate. Where do you think the Fed would take interest rate next? Any possibility of a rate cut this year, or is that out of the uh, out of the game now? Well, at the moment, the the Fed uh, may feel damage to its inflation fighting credibility. Right, it has been, I think, uh, pretty successful. Or Okay, at the halfway mark, it looks pretty decent, mm. you know, and we could visit the 2006 playbook with the removal of um, the, the language, you know, additional policy firming while highlighting that the inflation risk remain. Um, so I, I think that um, the Fed ultimately is still playing a waiting game, uh, waiting for more data uh, or events before making a commitment. Uh, but as I said, uh, June's hike uh, should be off, would definitely be off the tables for now. Uh, mm-hmm. Rate cut, uh, probably not so soon um, until, you know, the, the dust has settled and, and we have seen like clearer signs based on the data that uh, things have actually improved and it is safe to actually, or uh, things are, uh, that, that is actually safe to actually lower the rates. Mm, and before we let you go, Terence, uh, there's this standoff between U.S. President Joe Biden's Democrats and also the Republican majority in the U.S. House of Representatives, and that's over the issue of the debt ceiling. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the U.S. government could run into debt ceiling limitations as soon as in June. What does this mean for the man in the street? Well, and pass to debt limit will most definitely lead to job losses. Um, then uh, the unemployment rate will actually like pop up. Um, and the man on the street, as you have been talking about, you know, also have to contend with whether uh, he or she is a recipient of a Fed uh, payment, mm. which in the event of a non-payment could imply, uh, I, I think uh, it, it will actually hit uh, their wallets uh, quite a fair bit. The, and the, fe- the federal government will have to make hard decisions like who gets to who gets to be paid first because now you have limited budget right yeah. and in relation to this uh, if you are a recipient if, if the person is a recipient of social security uh, that will also be affected so uh, I, I think the White House has uh, painted this like doomsday scenario if uh, things don't happen uh, the GDP will be down 6% yeah. there's like uh, what uh, 45% drop in uh, the, the stock market um, well I, I don't think that that's uh, going to happen. I think that ultimately they will strike a deal perhaps mm. in the last minute again uh, like what we've seen uh, over the past few times where there's this debt ceiling, ceiling issues uh, mm. but we, I, I think a lot of it is still wait and see. Mm, and Terence, uh, don't mind me asking this question off the top of my head. Should there not be a deal achieved at the end of the day when it comes to stock market movements which will be the sectors that will be most impacted then? Well, I, I think it's gonna. I, I think it's gonna hit uh, uh, many sectors. It's pro- uh, probably the defensive ones uh, will be hit less. Uh, but now that banks are so fragile, I, I think that uh, that will be one to watch out for. If uh, that 
you know, doom, doomsday scenario were to happen. Mm, all right. Thanks very much, Terence. That was Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.